video working? Yes. Oh, I yes. see you. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Yeah, I'm making sure. All right, you guys. That's Susie Q right there. She is my TA for all of these webinars. And she is also somebody who can help a lot of people do a lot of stuff because she has come quite a ways herself. I find that the best teachers are those who have gone through the most crap. Don't you think so? Often? Okay, so... <laughs> What we're going to do here is everybody, if everybody is ready to go, good, everything is working. So what we're going to do is I'm going to spend probably, I don't know, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. I'm going to give you some new stuff that I have been working on to do something that I haven't really had the time or chance to do for many years because I've been developing stuff and, you know, I build companies every couple of years so I can see if I can still do it. And so 27 years ago, I did the first one ever, a water filtration company, and got so many customers in 90 days that they said, well, why don't you come to the national convention and tell us how you got all these customers, because nobody ever got that many water filter customers, because I didn't know how to recruit, right? <laughs> and so now, it's kind of like, in the last five years, I've done a couple more companies, built a couple more to the top, using only Facebook. Because after all, if you've been successful 25 years ago, that's like 25 years ago, and if you, if you want to stay abreast of the whole idea of marketing, which is finding people who are right for what you've got to offer. I mean, if you take everything down to the bottom line, if you're in this industry, because you want to make some money, I want to be sure that you all understand that. This whole uh, presentation is directed at people who want to make income. So if you're looking, and of course the rest of you can come and just be entertained. But if you're really just interested in, say, getting enough customers so you get your product free, uh, you don't need to do the inner circle type program or need to do really much of anything. Just learn what people do who do end up getting hundreds and hundreds of paying customers. You know, Because in the end, every business has one purpose, to get customers, paying customers. And if you don't have paying customers, you have no business. And if you don't have a business, uh, then you go out of business. And if you don't have a business because you went out of business, you have no income other than what you get from who, wherever you're getting it, your job, which could be very satisfying or not, right? Depends. Or your parents or the government or whoever you're getting it from. So this whole idea of network marketing, of course, is designed for people who are just starting out, don't have products of their own yet. And there's another, you know, somebody else makes the products that they market or make or get sourced, whatever it is. And then you try to find customers and recruits to help use the product, you know, spread the word around and recruits, of course, to help find more recruits and more customers. So that's really what your the model is that we're all involved in. And in the end, if you've got something useful to offer that people will pay for, you'll be able to get paying customers if you know how to do it. All right. So uh, this focus of this class really is how to make network marketing great again. So let's make network marketing great again. And of course, you will know where I got that from the president of the United States. That was his mantra. And I think it's a perfectly good mantra for us. And so I've adopted it for our industry and for what I do. And the reason is, when somebody says, what do you do? If it comes up that you, you, you know, your MLM or network marketing, wouldn't it be nice if somebody said, oh, network marketing, oh, tell me all about it, right? Versus Oh, oh, oh yeah, right. Well, listen, I got to run. Um, I'll catch you later. Why? Because you're doing one of those things that really a lot of people don't want to hear about because they don't want to ha have you make them 
try to get into their business so they can hit up their friends, right? So what we want is this reaction. Oh, you're in one of those? Oh, great, tell me all about it. Okay, that's what we're looking for. So this presentation is really aimed at people who believe the industry can be great, it used to be much greater than it is, and who want themselves to be part of making the industry, industry great again, really one person at a time. And that's really what I'm doing here. That's what I'm gonna show you. My take on what has to happen for network marketing, for us to make it great again, okay? Instead of an icky sort of thing that's got all these negative images. To achieve greatness, to me, we have to dispel four myths. And I'm gonna warn you right now that you will all have heard these myths as truths in your companies and from your upline, and that's you know how it is. I happen to believe what I'm gonna tell you right now based on my years of experience and based on seeing that 95% of the people or more quit. And if the industry were so great, then why does almost everybody quit, right? And if you, people ask where do you get those numbers, the, the uh, president of the Direct Selling Association, uh, called, also called the DSA, Neil, I think Orbach was, is his name, he said once, the network marketing industry uh, and direct sales, 128% or 108% actually drop out. And people go, well, how can you have 108%? And he said, because many people sign up for several deals and drop out of all of them right? So the denominator is actually, I mean, the numerator is bigger than the denominator. All right, so let's do the first, let's dispel these four myths. Myth number one. All right, so hang on to your hats because this is going to be um, a surprise to some of you who don't know this about the work I do. <laughs> Duplication. Okay, you've all heard that word. Normally, what do we hear? Something, there's an industry guru that you all know. He's an old friend of mine. We've been friends for 27 years. And he says, it's something that every single person in your organization can also do every day. And this is the premise. Or it doesn't matter what works, he says, it only matters what duplicates, okay? So this is the current situation. This is kind of what our industry repeats and tells and you know, he's just mouthing the words that represent the beliefs that a lot of people have, that just about everybody has. I'm sure you've all seen that, right? You've all seen that before? All right, good. So they'll say things like, oh, no, don't do that. It's not duplicatable. Sometimes they'll say it's not duplicable, but we'll use the common word. It's not duplicatable. You got it? Say yes. Make sure we can all see these slides here. You just type in the window, would you, so I know for sure that we're not. Uh... You got it? Okay, cool. All right, so that's where you get. Don't do that. It's not duplicatable. Now, where does this come from? See, I've never believed this. I never would believe it, never will believe it. I can't imagine. I'd have to be deranged to believe it. And, but let me tell you where this comes from. They, our industry has told people anyone can do this. Why do they say that? Why do you suppose they say that? Well, of course, to bring people in. <laughs> what else, right? They sure don't do that at Harvard. Where I went to school, they don't say anyone can get in, anyone can do this. Au contraire, almost nobody can get in. And what's the result of that? Tens of thousands of applications for every student that they accept. Very different situation. That's what you want. You want the Harvard situation. And I'm gonna show you how to make what you do Harvard quality. So people come to you instead of running away, okay? So because they like to say anyone can do this in order to bring everybody in, they have this mistaken mantra that you must not do anything that quote anyone or everyone cannot also do, right? This is where we are. You all with me so far? 
So they'll say things like, oh, don't do leads. Leads aren't duplicatable. Or, oh, no, don't do webinars. Don't do Facebook ads. Oh, no, don't do professional office presentations. Cold market? Oh, no, don't do cold market. Don't do funnels. What do you mean funnels? Don't do email marketing. Why? Because, you know, it's not everyone can't do that. But I'm here to tell you, what if somebody's really good at one of those things, right? What if they're really good at it? Then what are you going to do then? You know, are we going to stifle their knowledge, their greatness, and say, no, no, don't do that because everybody else can't do it? And is that really, is this how we're going to help a person become great? By stifling any creativity or any innovation that they might want to try to do? I mean, it's not like we know anything, or for that matter, that we know anything. Remember, most of the industry is dropping out. Remember that? So that's what they've got. Everybody else can't do it. So how about this scenario? Let's say someone says, well, I'm, I'm supposed to follow the system, right? The system is duplicate, remember? Don't do anything everybody can't do. And I would say not only can't do, but if everybody won't do it, you're totally, you know, you're kind of screwed. But somebody says they don't want to do what they're told to duplicate. See if there's anybody here like this. One lady wrote on my Facebook wall yesterday, much of what I'm supposed to do or duplicate gives me hives. What's, much of what I'm supposed to duplicate gives me the hives. That's what she said. Okay. The next one, I don't want to say those things to my friends. So she doesn't want to say what she's been told to say, which is, you know, how great the product is and you're going to love it and do me a favor and, you know, blah, blah. So I don't say anything at all. How many of you have had that happen? where you don't like what you're told to say, you don't know really what else to say, and because you can't think of anything to say, you stop talking altogether. Has anybody had that happen where you're pretty much really effectively sitting out on the sidelines, right? All right, so this is a common problem when you force people to do stuff. So if you stop talking to people because you don't know what to say or you don't like what they tell you to say, I mean, these are the, this is the situation, right? And like I said, is this any way to help you become a great marketer in this industry? Just ask yourself, right? Is this like where, is this what we should be doing? Now about those top producers. Again, think duplication, huh? Remember that's the mantra, mistaken, but that's what they're peddling right now. So the top producers, you get those people and we say, okay, so what if we find out that our top producer has 10 years experience as a producer in say, I don't know, five other network marketing companies, which is very common. Most of the people in front of the room that are making the big money, particularly fast, as in say 90 days, six months, within a year, 10, 20, $30,000 a month. Let's say you find this out. And, and of course, you know, this is not what you're here at the beginning, but they have 10 years experience as a producer in other network marketing companies. Is that experience, would you say, duplicatable by quote unquote anyone? Is it? Yes or no? What do you say? Yes, sure, anybody can do that, especially in 90 days, right? As a, a top producer in a skincare company, she has 20 years experience as a dermatologist. Okay. So what do we say here? Is that experience duplicatable by anybody? And of course, you know what really, what happens, another a top producer, this is an old friend of mine, she brought over 200 people from her prior network marketing business to a new company. And they all came over within a couple of weeks because she had some really cool online stuff for them. And of course, she made, I don't know, $40,000, $50,000 her first month. 
and the company CEO told all the other top producers, well, how come you don't act like her? Why don't you do what she did? You know, because look, six weeks and she's up making the kind of money you are, which of course, you know, other people got really upset about. But she had brought over 200 people to, from her prior network marketing business. So again, you know, is this something where the experience is duplicatable by just anybody? Yes or no? What do you guys think? Let me see what you're saying in the chat. So now let me ask you, how, why do you suppose that this high value background experience is almost always concealed? Why do you think that is? What is that? Why do they conceal this? What do we hear from the stage? You think about this. What do we hear from the stage when the big earners come on? I mean, you know, I've got videos. Oh, he was a waiter. Oh, he was, this was a former bookstore clerk. And look at him making a hundred grand a month. Oh no, this, and this was a tuna boat fisherman or she was a cleaning lady or this is a high school dropout. That's what we hear. Isn't that right? And then of course what they do is they forget to tell you, yeah, that was 10 years ago, not last month. See? And that's the part that they leave out. And so again, you know, is this any way to make the industry great again, to lead you to believe that all these people you know, and of course they hold up the lowest socioeconomic status jobs, stock boys, clerks, you know, people, jobs that require basically very low skill level, which is why they pay nothing. Why do you think a stock clerk, <laughs> you were a farmer, that probably took a lot more uh, work than being a stock boy or a clerk or a waiter. I mean, you think about the jobs. Waiters pay, you know, what, almost nothing. If you're any good, you get tips. I was a I worked a place at a place when I was at Harvard my first summer, um, a little place called the Window Shop. It doesn't exist anymore, but oh, it was a wonderful place. I worked there because they had everything was organic, and they had this beautiful desserts and omelets, and everything was really high end. And I was there for like I don't know six weeks. It was my little gig before school started, and I made incredible tips doing that. I don't know, at the time it was maybe, I don't know, they paid almost nothing, maybe 10 bucks an hour or something like that. But the tips I got on everything were like 30% and sometimes more than the meal cost. So like, I don't know, four or 500 bucks a week, which at the time was quite a lot of money. <laughs> so again, if you do these kinds of things, is this a way to make the industry tree great and the people in it great and to aspire to greatness? Or are we just kind of hiding that there was a path and we just kind of pretend it's easy and any, any nitwit can do this? And I think, you know, ask yourself, could this be this duplication thing? Could it be where you say, don't do anything everybody else can't do, right? That's an average person. The average person makes almost nothing in network marketing. They make basically almost nothing, if, not, if, not, if anything at all. So duplication really encourages everybody to aspire to average. Do you see the point? Why this is, you, know, you ask yourself, well, really, is that what we want? Does it discourage our desire for individual innovation and possible greatness? And how can an industry be great if we hold all the people down? Say, no, don't do that, because, mm -hmm, right? Okay, so you see the, the issue here. All right, so what to do as a beginner? Because of course, there's, there's some rationale for this idea that you should give, you know, things, give people things to do that do not require 10 years of schooling on the first day. It's like medicine. If you go to medical school, you take inorganic and organic chemistry first. You do not start doing procedures year one. 
you know, you don't even get in to see the cadavers until you've been in, you know, you're in pre-med, you're almost ready to jump into medical school. They didn't let us see any cadavers until that place. So of course there's stuff, what do you do as a beginner? So let me suggest what we did. Number one, you get the basic picnic table of reaching out options. Remember your mission in the industry. What do you have to do? Who can tell me in the chat? What's the one thing you have to do in order to make dime one? Did I say it at the beginning, SQ, or did I not? Did I forget? I can't remember. What do you have I to do? I don't think so. Who knows? In order to make anything work in this business, what do you have to get? Yeah. You have to get, you have to get customers. paying customers. Okay. Now notice. You, you can talk about, hey, Tony, how you doing, buddy? You talk about things like share the product story. But you see, sharing the story doesn't guarantee a sale. So you could share 100 times and you don't have a sale necessarily. But if you just go straight for the jugular, what do we got to do here? What does any business have to do? Apple, Google, any, your car business, doesn't make any difference what it is. What do they have to do? They have to get paying customers, however you do that. Is that, have I sold you guys? What do we do in our industry, in our business? What do you do if you want a business of your own? You got to get, what do you have to get, guys? Let me see in the chat and see if we got lesson one across. You're getting close. You want to be really specific. What do you have to do? Paying customers. That's what you have to get. People who pay money, right? Many customers are free because people give it to them. They'll say, oh, it's free. See? So Brenda, you see that? Paying customers, plus customers who give you money. And the reason I'm hammering on this is because if you put this in your head, particularly you know, an old customer like Brenda, you know that you're not going to be sharing all day because that doesn't mean you're going to get a paying customer. Everything you do is get those paying customers first. That's number one. That's what everybody does. All right, so whatever picnic table of reaching out options there are, you could go street walking. We did. You could do calling leads. We did. You could go to Facebook. I do that today. You could do Facebook organic ads that are free, basically. You can do paid ads. My gosh, you can go to Google. You can go to YouTube. You can go to Instagram. Pick one of those things. So there's a picnic table of ways to reach out, meaning you put the word out to people about what your product benefit is or what the product is or service, right? Then you choose what you like. Pick one at the most two, and find a mentor who does that well, whose style you like. There are people who are really good at Facebook. Like, I'm one of those, right? There are people who are really good at doing YouTube. People are really good at Instagram. Find the person who does that thing well, who gets paying customers, and learn from them. Model them, okay? And then get a good book or two on sales and marketing. I recommend that you get the book by Claude Hopkins called um, my Life in Advertising and Scientific Marketing. I think you can get them free, actually. Uh, just look for them. They're PDFs, both of them. You, you, you know, if you think you're going to make 10 grand a month and know nothing, uh, you're dreaming. I'll just tell you, you're dreaming. It's not going to happen. David Ogilvy, he um, has a wonderful book called my, I think my Life in Advertising. I have it right here. And you want to get that and get some of his ads, and you'll see why he, when he wrote an ad, they made millions of dollars. And they were unlike anybody else's ad. So you want to learn that. And then my book, The Orange Book, is another free book. If my products are great, how come I can't sell it? Okay. So that's what you do to start. Learn what the options are to find people who might be prospects and customers for you, paying customers. 
and get that whole range of things. Just find out. And if you don't know what to do and you can't stand your upline, Google it. How do I get paying customers for my business? Put that right into Google. You'll come up with probably a million results. In fact, SQ, if you're there, you should put that in. Tell people how many results you get. You can get a lot of this stuff free online. How to do, you know, options. Of course, you have to learn how, but that's what you do, okay? All right, so are you ready to spread your wings and become a great marketer and dump this whole idea of duplication? Yes or no? Let me hear before we go on. Yes. <laughs> yes, all right, good. All right, next. By the way, when you do things outside the approved methods, let's say you happen to do leads or you do some Facebook, First of all, whatever I'm suggesting you do should obviously be legal, right? And so that goes without saying, and, without, and, and don't get yourself into trouble. But what I would say is when you do things that are outside the approved methods, which I would suggest there shouldn't be anything you do that is approved in terms of being quote unquote duplicatable, because why would you want to duplicate methods and approaches where 95% or more of the people drop out? Why would you want to do that? I'd never, start, I wouldn't even look. Just look at what the options are, pick a method. Because remember, you got to find your customers, yours. They're all going to be in your organization, your business. And that's what you want to look for. So when you do these things, just don't talk about it. Don't go to your upline and say, oh, I'm doing Facebook. Or, oh, I'm doing, you know, mm, don't say anything. Just do it, learn it, get some customers. And when you start making some money, guess what's going to happen? When you get customers, the upline's going to know because they get little pieces of it. And they're going to, what are you doing to make money? And they'll badger you until you tell them. And then they won't bother you as much because they know. Okay, got it? The yes button. We got it. Okay. So when you do the things outside of the approved methods, don't talk about it. Have we got this? Say yes. Keep, just keep quiet. And don't bang on anybody else. You know, this is, all this stuff is really new stuff. This is really renegade. It's alt MLM, if you will, alt network marketing. That's what I'm giving you here. A-L-T. That's what we're doing. There's nobody teaching this, period. And there probably won't be for another year or two. But nobody's making any money either. And I've made money in every single business and been at the top of every company. So I don't give a really crap what the rest of them have to say. So you want, if you want a chance, you're going to have to do things that are not what everybody's been doing that's not working. Are we, are we making sense here? Go right ahead and use your brain. That's why God gave it to you. Okay. So, but just don't talk about it. Keep to yourself and don't denigrate anybody else's methods. Just keep quiet. That's what you do. Keeping quiet is a wonderful way to make some money. So let me tell you the formula to greatness instead of this duplication nonsense where you're playing to the lowest common denominator. Number one, you test something. You try it. You know, you might go to, I don't know, your local cafe and say some words and it doesn't work. So you go, okay, let me tweak it and try it again. And then you tweak it again and you try it again. This is marketing. It's called experimentation. All marketing is experimentation. Nobody knows for sure how to get paying customers, else we would all be rich and nobody would be here. We experiment and we experiment with who we are, our experience and our product and the benefits that we get from our products. And it's going to be different for people in the same companies. I mean, I've run classes where we've had, I don't know, four or 500 people in one company and we created product stories. You know, I market a product for somebody who yada, 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 like the way I used to be. We had people for every one of those where someone else on the call would say, well, I want to buy that product. What is it? 
and they were in the same company. They didn't even recognize it because we don't care about product names. We don't care about ingredients. We don't care about any of that. You care about the specific thing it does for someone and different same products will do very different things for different people, particularly nutritional products, because it depends on what your body condition is. Somebody might take, I don't know, say juice plus, and they suddenly have, you know, no more trouble going to the bathroom. Somebody else takes it and they don't have that, but somebody says, oh my God, I wake up every day. Really early before the alarm, people go, what's that product? We want to know what that is. Same product, same ingredients going into a different body. Do you see that? So you test and you try and you use yourself as your guide. You'll always be safe with that because no matter what happens to anybody else, you know what happened to you, okay? So you test stuff, you tweak stuff, you try it again, you repeat. Hundreds of times, who remembers how many times Edison had to test, tweak, and try it again and repeat for his light bulbs? Anybody remember? 10,000, okay. I, yeah, Tony, is that a 1,000 or a 10,000? What do you, I can't read your number. Put a comma, honey. Yeah, I, you know, I thought it was a 1,000, but if it's 10,000, that's like really a lot. Somebody could Google it, I guess, you know, SQ. How many attempts did Edison make to create the light bulb? I, I think it's a 1,000, but I'm not 100% sure. Well, whatever. SQ, if you have time to look it up. The rest of you guys, you tuned in right here. Let me tell you what happens. When something works that you do, and you didn't tell anybody what you're doing, what do you think is going to happen? Who knows? What happens? Suddenly you get, like, what happened to me? I got, like, I don't know, a couple, two, three hundred customers in 90 days. What do you think happened? My upline says, well, Kim, you're getting all these customers. And I said, yeah, that's what we're supposed to do, right? Get customers. And he says, well, they want you to come to the national and tell people how you got so many customers. And I said, well, I mean, it's not that big a deal. I mean, you know, really, just a few hundred. Yeah. Guess who starts to notice? Your upline. And their upline. And their upline. Why? Because every time you bring in customers, there's volume. And that goes up line. <laughs> that's the whole thing, right? So that's what happened to me. My first time I ever did this industry, 27 years ago, I sold water filters. And I, you know, they had the brochure there and they had this box. This, we had this blue business box. It was like, uh, you know, and it had the brochures for the water filters. And I got the water filters without seeing any of those brochures. And I just tested it. I tested the water, see if I like it at some Taekwondo event. And uh, the, I, the, one of the students ended up being the person that I signed up with because it was my first time. I knew nothing about anything. <laughs> I just thought the water, little water filters were pretty cool. And I said, you know, I'd like to sell those. I'm a big clean water person. And so I, you know, got signed up and all that. And I saw the box. I saw the brochures. I saw all the stuff that they had. But I didn't want to use that because I didn't want to sell like that. So I was in the real estate business. And what I did is at the end of my calls, when I spoke to people, whoever the title company people or tenants or, you know, other brokers or what have you, I would say, hey, listen, can I ask you something that has nothing to do with what we just talked about? It has to do with your water. And everybody said, yes, what's, uh, what's, you know, what is it? And I would tell them, so just tell me, do you uh, drink the caca out of the faucet? Or that would be K-A-K-A, -K -A, people always ask. Do you drink that? Or uh, do, you drink, do you pay a buck a gallon for the filtered stuff? So this is nine, you know, 27 years ago. So at that time, there was a whole movement of people for several years that had gotten into the bottled water, the filtered water, and it was a buck a gallon. Everybody had water that was a dollar a gallon. And there were hundreds of, well, not hundreds, dozens of brands at the grocery store. So we would send 
college kids to the stores to get these six packs and schlep them up to the uh, apartment where I was living and they were all a buck a gallon or we get Alhambra, you know, the big trucks. And so those were, that was the situation at that time. So the, pe- the person on the other side would tell me one of two things. One is, well, the caca. What, what's, Kim, what's, what's with the caca water out of the faucet? Now, who would tell me that? Somebody who wasn't paying a buck a gallon, right? <laughs> they were drinking the crap out of the faucet. And so I tell them, well, do you, what kind of skincare do you use? And they would say, oh, you know, whatever. How much is it? Well, 100 bucks a tube or something. So, well, so just so you know, if you shower, you stand there and you're bleaching yourself every day. Your face, your skin, everything, you know, the whole thing. Just you're standing there in bleach water. That's what's happening. So I don't want to have that. So I have a filter to prevent that. And for your hands, every, every time you t- touch the kitchen sink, you put your hands in there, you have that water. Are you kidding? It's basically bleach water. Because what is it? It's chlorine. Plus, who knows what else is in it? So that's why I had filtered water. So now, and I've been doing filtered water for a bucket gallon for, I don't know, four or five years. Now I have this gizmo I'm trying, and it's a, bucket, it's a nickel a gallon instead of a buck. So that's the deal. So then the people who said, yeah, well, I, have, I, use, uh, I pay a buck a gallon. And I said, me too. Been doing it for like five, six years. And so now I have this gizmo that I'm using and it's a nickel a gallon. Yes, yeah, a little filter. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you want to try it? See if you love it? Yeah, I want to try it. See if you love it. So that was my pitch. They never knew the name of the company. They never knew the name of the product. They ne- who cared? They ne- we never talked about granular carbon. I really didn't give a crap because see, to me, I used it. That was enough for me. I liked it. I love water. I love fitness and all this health. And so that's the story. You see, if you like it yourself and you test it and you like it, that's enough for me. I don't need nine people telling me what's in it. I don't care what's in it. I have taste buds. <laughs> I can tell, you know? So that's what I did. You can do something else if you want. I don't need outside edification or ver. I don't need any of that. If I like it, I can sell it because I don't sell anything that isn't really part of my core ever, right? Okay, so the word, official word from the Google search is that Edison made 1,000, 1,000 attempts at inventing the light bulb. So we're looking, remember, for try it, right? Test it, tweak it, try it, test it, tweak it over and over. And when you try it a 1,000 times, if you make little iterations, you are gonna be so good at getting paying customers people are going to want to just touch the hem to be close to you. But you see, if you crap out after three times, well then, because you thought you're supposed to duplicate what somebody said, and therefore you must, must be something wrong with you. You see, this is why this concept is so ex- extremely self-esteem busting. I mean, this whole idea that you should duplicate somebody else, what they do, and limit yourself to what everybody can do is a self-esteem buster. That's what it is. Don't allow that, anybody to do that to you. Just throw it off and do your own thing. You're better off falling and failing on your, on your own than doing something that you don't even like and for sure join 95% of the people who drop out. Are you with me? Have we got it? Myth number two. Okay, can anybody guess what myth number two is going to be? Hey there, excited you're here. This is Kim Claver, and I'm really excited to get you the rest of these if you like this so far. I mean, to make network marketing great again, we got to get rid of the myths. 
that are keeping people down, right? So here's what's going to happen. You can get the rest of this at poorhousemyths.com. P-O-O-R-H-O-U-S-E-M-Y-T-H-S.com. And you'll be able to sign up and register and get the whole webinar on the house. Plus, of course, how to turn things around so we can make network marketing great again for you and for other people who have been held back by these silly myths that keep people in the poorhouse. Okay? This is Kim Claver. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.